Resurrection Day. I love to say that. It's kind of, it doesn't just roll off the tongue. You have to go, happy, I mean, (coughs) Resurrection Day. John and I were looking up this morning, what is Easter? And then we found it was this deity, false God thing. So we decided we're just never going to say that again. Um, Anyway, I hope you guys are having a great, hi, Jen. Everybody say hi to Jen. Okay, you go ahead and get it. You're just so cute. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to stay. Yeah, come on. We'll do this together. <laughs> oh, Well, hallelujah. He is risen. Man, that's the best news ever. I don't know about y'all, but I was struggling a little with my life before I met Jesus, and um, I thought I had it all figured out, and then turns out I was wrong. Uh, So praise the Lord. Um, This morning, I want to talk to you about the the anointing that uh, resurrects the anointing. Don't y'all love the anointing? Um, Something's been stirring and happening um, with me over the past several weeks. The Holy Spirit's just showing up in my room, and for hours, he's uh, physically uh, like a wind is blowing around me, and I'm just having these five-hour encounters with the Lord and doing the ugly cry. It's incredible. And, and I'm like, well, Lord, I don't understand, you know, what are you doing? Because, you know, me, I'm highly productive, and it's like, let's get something done. You know, if we're going to do something, let's get it done, right, from A to Z and, you know, zero seconds. And uh, the Lord said this to me. He said, it's my anointing. I'm anointing you. And I was like, uh, okay, that's amazing. And I really felt like the Lord was saying, it's not just for me, but he is about to pour out an anointing on his people, and, uh, and he's mantling us for this time and, and for this year. And, and so there's real increase that's happening uh, of just the shaking and the stirring and the, the, the manifest power of God, which is coming, but it, but it feels like love. You know, you're not like, Oh, because I was thinking, well, why am I not having, you know, why are you not showing me a vision or a picture or telling me about stuff that's coming? Because it was just wave after wave after wave and this swirling, loving thing where I was just beholding the beauty of Jesus and becoming completely undone in it. And and so I, I really wanted to talk about that and, and the anointing. Um, because when I went to uh, when I went to Israel recently, and I haven't really told y'all a lot about what happened while I was there, um, but when I was there, the most impactful place that I went to was the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, you walk in that place, and there's something that happens immediately. There's like an anointing for um, uh, the sufferings of Christ, like you, like everything that you know about suffering comes flooding back into your heart and you realize that you're partnering in that place where Jesus was suffering in that place and there's so much power on it and from the garden which is right before the king's valley 
right before the east gate of the temple city, you can see where they took Jesus at, at when, they, when they came to the garden. You can see Caiaphas' house. So you can see the journey where they took him about two miles down and walked him in chains down to the high priest's house. And, and then from the high priest's house, you can see where he walked back into the city. And then from the city or from the, to, to the temple where, they, where Pontius Pilate, he went before Pilate. Well, from there, you can see where he walked with the cross all the way up to Golgotha. All from Gethsemane. And so I really wanted to talk about that, and I realized that somebody said to me, it may have been Matthew. <laughs> All right, this is the day of his resurrection, not, not, not oh, it wasn't you. Oh, it was Richard. <laughs> he was like, it's not Friday. Right, we'll get there. So there was so much that actually was happening, though, on the way to the resurrection, so I just wanted to go on that journey, and so I'm going to take you with me. <clears throat> but there was so much that was happening with regards to, to um, the anointing, and the anointing played such an important role in his life and, and in his ministry and in his death and in his resurrection. And so that's what, what I want to just major on here. Heidi Baker said this, you can get more done with one minute of anointing than you can with 20 years of striving. And my life is a testimony of that because I strive a lot and it's exhausting because I'm German. And so, you know, my dad, if there was nothing for anybody to do around my house, my dad had a pile of wood that was the size of the house, and he would say, hey, you guys go move that pile of wood. And we're like, but, Dad, we moved it last weekend. I know, it needs to be moved again. So that's kind of how I was raised. How many of you learned to work, like really work hardcore, right? So not working doesn't feel natural. So anyway, but the anointing, that's where we have a tendency to really struggle in the area of tapping into that anointing because guess what you have to do to get the anointing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what? But it's the beauty of it. All right, so let's see. <clears throat> Isaiah 10.27 says this, And it shall come to pass in that day, that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because, listen, because of the anointing. You're going to be set free because of the anointing. Because of the power of this anointing that Jesus himself walked in. And that he's now paid the price for us. In Zechariah 4.14, it says this. You guys, I've taken you through Zechariah. You ought to have that memorized by now. So he said, uh, they were talking about the two trees that stand before the Lord of the whole earth. And he said, what are these two trees? And he said, these are the two anointed ones. That word means the anointed. It means pressed out oil. The anointed pressed out oil. What did they used to pour on the priests when they were anointing them? Oil, right? They were anointing them with oil. It means the anointed means pressed out oil. And then he said the anointed ones. The ones mean sons that rebuild. 
the anointed sons that rebuild, okay? Let's turn in your Bibles to um, Isaiah 61 or your, your phones. Isaiah 61. All right, so um, during Jesus' ministry, here's the thing. There were two anointings, two times when he was anointed, and there were two times that he went into the wilderness, and both of them were connected to this anointing. That is good news, and it's not so good news because there is a cost for the anointing. How many of you have ever been in a wilderness? Yeah, okay. The rest of you probably aren't telling the truth, I'm just going to say. You're just like, no, okay. All right, we're going to read Isaiah 61. It's 11 verses, but bear with me. It's important that we read them all because it has to do with him and has to do with you. All right. And, and um, when, Jesus, um, when Jesus came and, and made his appearance before John the Baptist, right, at, at, the, at the river where he was baptized. <clears throat> what had he been doing before that? Nothing. He'd been living life. He'd been hidden away. For 30 years, he had been hidden away. And then he comes upon the scene, and what happens is that he gets baptized, and then a dove lands on him. It's the spirit of the Lord that lands on him and it anoints him. And Jesus himself said this, he quoted Isaiah 61, one through two, when he said this in, in Luke 4:18. he was going into the temple. He grabs the scroll and he says this, in Jesus' words, he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. All right, who anointed him? All right, the spirit of the Lord anointed him. He was anointed. What does that mean? It wasn't already there. The spirit of the Lord came upon him as a dove and it anointed him for the work of the ministry. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Okay, stop there. Because he starts to go into to comfort all that mourn. So he's talking about his ministry. But then... The, the Isaiah 61 actually begins to move into speaking about you. So he's like, this is what I've done. I have an anointing that has come upon me to do something. And now because of what I've done, listen to what he says. He goes on. In verse 3, and he says, to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the joy, uh, the, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they, 
may be called trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And then he goes on and he says, and they, that's you, and you shall rebuild the old ruins. You shall raise up the former desolations and you shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Most High. You shall call, or they shall call you the servants of our God. And you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles in their glory. You shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, you they will rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and make them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My God shall I be joyful in, uh, my soul shall be joyful in God for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and the bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations hallelujah praise the Lord I am telling you I had a dream like two years ago and in the dream I saw um, Luke 418 then I saw the finger of the Lord come in and he said as it was Luke 418 now it is Isaiah 61 and I believe that he's saying with the anointing that's about to be poured out in the earth we are going to start to see the re sons that rebuild the sons that rebuild. This is good news. This is the gospel message that Jesus came with an anointing that would be imparted to an entire people group so they could transform the land. I like that double portion part. How about you? Amen. Come on. Come on. So in the beginning, <clears throat> let me move on. Hold on. So the first anointing that happened to him happened. And right after the anointing came, what happened? He went into the wilderness. And he was tempted for 40 days. And in that place, how did he deal with the one that was tempting him? He just spoke the word, Right? And so he shut the mouth of Satan with the word of God. So he's got this anointing, you know, he's, he's speaking to the enemy with the word of God, which shuts his mouth and solves that issue, right? So the next time that he's anointed is, is the anointing at, at Bethany. And it says here that six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, uh, which is the one that had been dead and, and uh, raised from the dead, 
There they made him supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed his feet, the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And he said, Not and he, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had a money box, the money box, and he used to take what was in it, and he used to take what was put in it, so he was a thief, unfortunately, um, but Jesus said, let her alone, she has kept this for the day of my burial, for the poor you will always have with you, but me you do not have always. And so she, had, she was anointing him for that time of burial. And so when, an, when the, that second anointing came on him, something else happened soon after. He went into his second time of wilderness. Now, the second wilderness happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, I want you to hear this because all of us are going to experience these two wildernesses. Because the first wilderness, he was tempted and tested by Satan himself. But in the second wilderness, he was tempted in, by the rejection and the loss and the betrayal of his friends. <clears throat> the, word, the word wilderness in the Greek, means two things. It means a desert, a physical location where Jesus went and was tempted by Satan. And the second thing it means is a wilderness of people, the wilderness of Gethsemane, where you're deserted by others, deprived of the aid and protection of friends and family. You see, he told his disciples, he said, while he was there and he was praying in the garden in agony because he knew what was coming. And, you know, of course, we, he knows he's about to be crucified. He knows he's going to die a horrible death. That's a physical death. You know, he's going to die. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna torture him. And that's what we all see when we see the passion. And so they, they physically harm him. But I want to make a case for the type of harm that came to him in the heart. You notice when, you know, women, women know, know this when you have a baby and you're in the moment. You're in a lot of pain. When you get sick with the flu, your body is aching. You're in a lot of pain. But a couple of days go by, and you're like, meh, I forgot it. You forget the physical stuff. But when you are betrayed or hurt or wounded by someone who is a friend, that pain doesn't go away but it lingers because it's the pain of the heart. And it's a lot more difficult to deal with that pain 
than it is to deal with a physical pain. You see, when Judas came to betray him, he did so with the most intimate act. He said, you'll know that it's Jesus. He's telling, you know, the soldiers, you'll know it's Jesus because I'll kiss him. And Jesus said to him, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss, Judas? This is a man that he had brought into his inner heart. To, this, to the secret places. He shared the secrets and the mysteries, not just of his own intimate walk with the Lord, but he shared the mysteries of, of God. He was saying to him, let me pour out who I am. I'm going to give you everything I have. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to teach you the better ways of life so that you can be this Isaiah 61. You can have this kind of anointing. You will be, history will be made through you. Lives will be transformed through your life. But Judas didn't receive his love. And when he kissed him, something happened. There was something that transformed in the spirit, which is why Jesus said to his disciples, pray with me. Can't you just pray with me for an hour lest you be tempted? Lest you fall into temptation, you better pray. Well, what was that temptation? I believe it was the temptation to run, the temptation to abandon him in his moment of need, the temptation to, to, to respond to what the enemy was about to deliver to all of them. Because the enemy will come in with a temptation to lie and to deceive, and if you are not praying, you will fall victim to that reality. And it will take you out of the place that Christ had for you and you will go run and you will go hide. See, what happens with that betrayal is it devalued the one who he betrayed. It took who Jesus was and it said, and the spirit behind it said, this is a lie. He's not who you thought he was. Because the one that was the closest to him kissed him and betrayed him. So everyone else around him said, wait a minute, that's one of his disciples. So he turned him in and he's betraying him. So what he's saying, there must be something to what he's saying about him. And then everybody began to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not who he says he is. Maybe he's not. Maybe, wait, um, wait, wait. They're taking him in chains now. We should not be with him. We need to just leave. And so the spirit that came upon him was this spirit that was a spirit of fear and a spirit of intimidation that caused those that said, I'll never leave you to deny him and to run away. And so... The Son of God was alone 
on the cross, knowing that the, 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 the ones who were, there were these three groups, you know, you've got the ones who want to kill him, right? The accusers who, who um, are say, and then you've got the ones that when he came into the city, they were like, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, I mean, Hosanna and the highest, they're throwing the palm leaves down. They're like, the king has arrived. And then, then, then the spirit comes on him because of the betrayal. And all of a sudden, what are they doing? They're screaming, crucify him. Think about that reality. That was just a few days before. It's like, whoa, you're the coolest guy I've ever seen. I love you so much. Bam, the betrayal happened. What happened? Kill him. And even the disciples were affected by this. That is why the power of prayer is so important. When you are involved in a shift, when things are moving, you've got to stay the line in prayer, looking at Jesus and saying, what are you saying? I am not going to listen what anybody else is saying. And the one that was there with him at the cross was John the Beloved, the one that had said, I am praying because I love you. I'm not praying because I want you to take and, and destroy the Romans. I'm not praying because, because I see who you are. I have a knowledge of God, and I've let that knowledge of God go deep into my heart. So when, when the opportunity comes for me to be disappointed in you, I don't abandon you because I know you through the eyes of love, not through the eyes of do this for me. And in this wilderness, Jesus did not deal with the enemy in the same way. Because the enemy was not coming on. Satan was not standing there talking to him. Bop, bop, bop. I would have loved to have seen that conversation. But, but it's a second wilderness, and so it looks different. And this time, the enemy is coming through people. The enemy is coming through people. And so Jesus doesn't deal with this enemy in the same way. But he says this, at the end of his life, he ends it and he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And so the way that he dealt with Satan in the first wilderness is different than the way that he dealt with Satan in the second wilderness. Because in the second wilderness, when it was coming through people, he, he extended mercy and he said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And then he was actually able to say, it is finished. He had done it all. He had completed it all. He had been anointed for life and ministry and love. And he had been anointed for death. The anointing came on him so that he could sustain himself in that place. And I believe in my heart of hearts that had he not said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, there couldn't have been a resurrected life. Because the power of that forgiveness and the power of that mercy enabled the anointing to raise him from the dead. It says in Ephesians 
that it was the spirit of the Lord that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus told John in Revelation 1, I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. He entered beyond the veil, and he walked up through the throne, and he said, I am the lamb that was slain. It was me, and because I am perfect, I have done it perfectly. I now have the power and the anointing to stand before my father and grab that scroll and open the scroll so that now this anointing can come and live in every tribe and tongue and nation and people. That now Christ, the anointed one, can live on the inside of us where we can fulfill the Isaiah 61 mandate that he came to establish in the earth. Amen? So we believe, I believe, that we are in the middle of the precipice of one of the greatest outpourings that we have ever seen in the earth. And I believe that there is an anointing coming to a people who have said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Who are willing to say, I am going to forgive those who have tried to kill me. And I am going to forgive those who are thieves and have stolen from me. And I am going to forgive those that have betrayed me and harmed me. And hallelujah, <laughs> he is risen. <laughs> I've found in my own life that the more that I die, the more that I die and the enemy comes and strikes me, he's just doing me a favor. Because my greatest desire in my life is to be anointed to preach the gospel and to see the captives set free. And the more anointing I have, the more that I can serve him and bring his kingdom to the earth. So let's stand. Jesus, we love you. We love you. Jesus, I love you. I love you what you are doing. I love you what you have done. I thank you, God, for the resurrected life that lives in all of us. That we have said yes to you, even in the midst of, of really difficult circumstances. And that we haven't allowed ourselves to become embittered and enslaved by 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 uh, uh, the enemy and the ways that he's come to try to steal from us. I've made a, a statement in my life that's a life statement, and I want you to really pray about this and adopting it as your own. I'm not going to get to the end of my life and let that stinking enemy steal anything out of my heart that belongs to God. 
because he deserves and paid the price for me to be wholehearted in love. And I will fight to keep my heart fully awakened in love. And the enemy doesn't get to steal that from me or my family or my friends or the things that I've called to release in the earth because each one of us have been called to release love in the earth. And display the love of Christ and the power of his love, the power of his anointing. So, Father, we do, we worship you. Just go ahead and turn that worship up. We worship you, Father. We worship you, God. And I ask right now that you would release an anointing on us. That we can walk in wholehearted love. Release an anointing over us, God. That we can fulfill the mandate of Isaiah 61 in our generation, God. And that it won't tarry for another generation. But this generation will say, is that the best you got, Satan? I refuse to be killed by you. But I will rise with love and resurrected life. With an anointing that breaks the yoke. With an anointing that heals cities. So I thank you, God. I thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. Thank you, Father, for the anointing that you're releasing in your people. And we bless you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So I want the prayer team to come up because I feel like I know it's Easter and we all look really pretty. I mean, Resurrection Sunday. But I really feel like um, there's a real anointing here to deal with um, some heart issues and some places where your heart has been hurting. Um, when I was talking about, you know, just how, how our hearts hold on to wounds when even our physical bodies won't. If that, if that immediately brought something up, I want you to come down. Prayer team, would you come down? I, I want you to um, come down and just get some ministry around that. And really, let's just let it go today. Let's let it go. And let's, let's move on because there's an anointing waiting for you. There is a, a place in God that he wants to take you where you begin to ascend out of, this, out of this place, out of this wilderness, because it's really time. And I'll tell you something, your family deserves all of you. Your friends deserve all of you. And as long as you hold on to that wound, you've limited yourself in love. And even if you're angry at God, I can also tell you, you need to let it go. So if that's you, would you bring the lights down a little? And um, thank you. So just come forward. Let me pray. Well, Father, I just thank you for your son that you so loved us that you gave us your son that we can be free and we can be whole. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. 
Holy Spirit, come. Oh, we love you. We bless you. And we thank you. I pray that you would release your anointing. That you would release your anointing and greater power over us, God. That you would anoint our words. That you would anoint our actions. Let our words be your words. That our words would sound like your voice, the voice of many waters. And that when we speak, it would cause the hearts of the dead and the dying to come alive. Yeah, God, would you bless us today? I just bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you to go and celebrate the rest of this resurrection day and to celebrate the, the, the resurrection of Christ and that he now lives on the inside of us. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.